Good morning. Welcome back to Washington Baptist Church Online. While you're joining us at your home, Kathy and I want to welcome you to our home, the cabin. You know, in Scripture, we're told in the book of Acts that the early church had no place together, and so they just met from house to house to house. Now here we are 2,000 years later, in one sense, doing the same thing, except simultaneously we're able to join homes and families and have this incredible time together this morning. I know you have heard that um, many people say, uh, we live in an unprecedented time. And certainly that fits as we continue to navigate ourselves through what I call the coronavirus invasion. But it also applies to another reality, the reality that we're experiencing right now. Because even in the midst of this crisis, having been asked not to assemble together in this facility that God has blessed us with, we still, through social media, through the internet, we can still connect. We're connecting right now. And we can still speak to one another. We can share our love with one another. We can pray for one another. We get to encourage one another and even uh, have time to worship and time to get into the Word of God. And so take time to thank the Lord for the technology we have and to thank the Lord for young men like James and Luke who uh, give themselves to make this happen. Now, we are right now in the 13th day of the 15 days that President Trump asked us to set aside, not assemble together, so that we can do our part to change the curve of the spread of the coronavirus. We're going to continue to follow the guidelines that the president and uh, C CDC give to us. Also, the guidelines that our governor, McMaster, gives to us for the state of South Carolina. We're right now, though, planning, anticipating that we'll probably still be online for Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. So we're going forward to plan that from this point on, we probably online will be at the church in the sanctuary. We just want you to be praying about that as we try to put all of that together because obviously we want Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday to be special for us all. Until then, our eyes are on the Lord. Our eyes are upon Jehovah El Elyon, the Lord God Most High, the one who is exalted high above everything else, the one whose greatness, whose glory, whose majesty, his grace, his power is exceedingly abundantly above all things. And he has sovereign authority over all things. Here's a God that can sit on the universe, on the throne of the universe that is constantly expanding far beyond our comprehension. And at the same time, he can sit on the throne of the heart of a little child who understands who he is and has invited him to be his or her Savior and Lord. All we can do is bow before him, worship him, and declare just how great he really is. So take a moment and open up your heart and allow Chris Newton and Ashley Sexton to help us exalt and worship the greatness of our God. Oh Lord my God 
when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And when I think of God his Son not sparing, send him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art when christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim my god how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art how great thou art how great thou art Amen. Thank you, Chris and Ashley, for helping us to worship and praise the Lord. I want to ask everybody, join me in your heart. Let's go to him in prayer, and then we'll get into the study of God's Word together. So, Lord God, we do come, and we come in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, eternal God and Father, the one that you have exalted to your right hand, and the one who is our Savior and Lord. And we come to ask you to speak clearly and speak again to us as we get into your word. I'm so grateful for my church family. I'm grateful for others who are joining us even in this hour this morning as we worship and as we unfold your word. We just ask you to give us all fresh ears to hear. We ask that once again you'll touch our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit and just give each and every one of us a special message as we continue to deal with the coronavirus uh, crisis that's before us, but 
All the other things we deal with as well. So we entrust it into your hands. You speak now. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the word that uh, the Lord has laid upon my heart to share with you today is really a reminder. It's a reminder to all of us. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. It could be the coronavirus that we're dealing with. Maybe you've already been impacted or you're anticipating being impacted. But there are going to be other challenges in our lives as well. And the instructions from the Word is still the same. God is telling us exactly how to handle this. And if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. Romans chapter 1, because in verses 16 and 17, Paul shares with us what the Lord is asking of us as we deal with the challenges of life. So let me just read this, and then we'll begin to see what God has to say. Paul writing says, beginning in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. And here's the phrase I really want you to zero in on. It says, the righteous man shall live by faith. The righteous man shall live by faith. Now, the faith the Apostle Paul is talking about here is faith in action. That is, we can declare that we have faith in God, but he wants our lives to make a statement about our faith, and that is for our faith to be put into action. It's a verb for us. Now, you turn to Jude chapter 3, that very small book, and there we're exhorted that we are to contend for the faith. But there the faith he is talking about is that body of truth that is the core of our personal and living relationship with God. So in that case, it's a noun. But when Paul says we are to live by faith, he is telling us he wants us to put it out there. He wants us to put our faith on display. I think all of us have seen over the last several weeks an incredible amount of fear and panic and hysteria. And people seem to be just absolutely overwhelmed with this coronavirus invasion that has come upon us. Now, I think there is a thing called healthy fear. Healthy fear means that I take the information given to me, the guidelines that they've given to me, and then I'm going to be wise and I'm going to be responsible in how I respond to this crisis. But I think you agree with me that there's so many out there that they are just literally falling apart, some of them, just trying to deal with the reality of the possibilities of this virus in their life. Well, the Lord wants us to be a light. The Lord wants us to put our faith out there, uh, put it on display, let it be a testimony to all of those who just need to be able to turn to the Lord and find the strength and grace to deal with the reality that is before us. 
Paul and Barnabas, when they were uh, in Antioch and they were going and sharing the word of God, there in Antioch, they decided they wanted to spend some focus on the Gentiles. And so they were explaining to the Jewish leaders, you'll find this in Acts chapter 13 and in verse 47, I want to share it with you. And they were explaining why they uh, were spending this time focusing in on the Gentiles. And as they were sharing with them, here's what they said. They said, God told them, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. In other words, God says, I need you to be a light. I need for you to to place your faith out there. I need for it to be on display so that it can be a light to those who right now are struggling in darkness. You may recall that even Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 16 talks about that we are to let our light shine in such a way that people would see our good works. That is, they would see our faith in action and then bring glory to our Father. And so it's very important. When we talk about the righteous shall live by faith, we're talking about being a testimony to the world, particularly in a time like this. But I want to explore that a little bit further with you. So I'd love for you to take your Bibles and turn with me now to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse 1. Here's a good question for us. Is there a description of faith in the scriptures. I believe there is, and I believe it is in this passage of scripture here, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So let me read it, and let's look at it together for a few moments. Here it says in verse 1, now faith is, here's the description. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now what does that mean? Well, it means that faith expresses itself in two ways. Let's look at it. He says, first of all, faith expresses itself in the spirit of confidence. He says faith is the assurance of things hoped for. When he uses that phrase hoped for, he's talking about something in the future. He's talking about something that hasn't happened yet. It hasn't come to pass yet. But we're looking with a confidence, with an assurance we know it's going to happen. Why? Because God promised that it would happen. That's the confidence that we're talking about. Confidence on the Word of God. Now, I would like for you to turn with me to 1 Peter and uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and in verse 4. And notice what the Scripture tells us about the promises of God. Here's what it says. Um, It says, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You need to read that every day. You need to uh, take this, this verse and just build it into your heart that he has given us his precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. That is, this omnipotent God, this most high God, 
whose greatness, whose glory, whose grace, whose power is exceedingly abundantly above all others can be directly involved in your life. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, the scripture tells us that it was these promises that uh, gave approval or their faith of the Old Testament saints. Uh, God gave approval to their life because of their faith in his promises. Here's what it says in verse 2. He says, for by it the men of old gained approval. You see, the men and women of the Old Testament were not perfect. Uh, They made mistakes just like we make mistakes. They didn't always do the right thing. Just like for us, where the Scripture says in Romans 3, 23, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, the same was true of them as well. Yet God gave his approval. God gave his blessing to them. God, God felt, uh, laid out his benefits into their life simply because they believed the promises that he had given to them. And when they, by faith, embraced his promises, God gave his approval, and God lavished his favor upon their life. Now, I want you to consider a parable that Christ shared uh, during his earthly ministry to take a look at how important it is for us to have confidence in the promises of God. In Luke chapter 8, you do not need to turn there, but it's found in verses 4 through 15. Jesus shares the parable of the sower. So let me set that up for you. He tells us that a sower went out to sow seed. He explains later that the seed is the Word of God. And then he explains to us that as the seed of the Word of God is sown, it falls upon different kinds of heart. He says, for instance, some seed of the Word of God falls upon stony hearts. That is, hearts that uh, have nothing to do with God, not interested in God, doesn't care about the truth of God, And so when they hear the truth, it's like falling on stone. And Satan can just come in almost immediately and steal it away. He says, but then there's some seed that falls upon shallow hearts. That is, when they hear the truth, it sounds great. And intellectually, they embrace it. But they never allow it to get into their heart, and so therefore into their life. And so it's not long because of the pressures of life and maybe the challenges of life, such as the coronavirus challenge we have now. They've turned completely away from that truth, and they're back to following the ways of the world. And so sometimes the seed of the word will fall upon stony hearts, sometimes upon shallow hearts. And then a lot of times it'll fall upon what we call struggling hearts. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus says the word is sown, and, and someone hears it, and they embrace it, and they even build it into their life, but they have a greater love. They have a greater desire for the things of this world, sometimes struggling with the worries of this world, but the pleasures of this world and, and the things of this world, and they will not let it go. And so those things choke out the truth of the word in their life. And so as a result, some of the seed of the word falls upon stony hearts, sometimes shallow hearts, sometimes struggling hearts. But then he says the seed of the word will sometimes fall upon spiritual hearts, hearts that are ready to receive the word and build that word into their life. 
And he says the seed of the word, when it falls upon a spiritual heart, someone who has that hope that he is talking about in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and they embrace that hope, then they are blessed with the fruit, which is the blessings and the benefits of this incredible relationship they have with the Lord. Let me remind you, as you've heard me say on many occasions, that the hope that we're talking about is not a hope-so hope. It is a no-so hope. Why? Because it is the promise of God, His unfailing promises being lived out in our lives. And so we talk about faith, true faith. True faith is expressed, first of all, through the spirit of confidence, the assurance of things hoped for. But as we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, notice the second thing, and that is that true faith also expresses itself through the spirit of conviction. And here's what it says. Uh, It says, faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What does he mean by that? Well, he's talking about those who live by faith, the righteous living by faith. They do not look at things through human eyes. They look at things through heavenly eyes. That is, they evaluate everything with spiritual insight and discernment from the Lord. And as a result of that, they are motivated in their life to put their trust and faith in an invisible and unseen God. We see this in the life of Moses. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, if you look with me in verse 27, you might be aware that the scripture here, is after describing faith, lays out for us what we call the hall of fame of faith men and women who who lived out their faith and put their faith on display as a testimony to others. One of those, of course, is Moses himself. And, And the scripture tells us in verse 27, listen carefully to this. It says, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He had no fear of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh was a powerful man. Egypt was an incredible empire at that time. They had an army that was incredibly powerful and experienced, but Moses had absolutely no fear of Pharaoh and his power. Because it says, as we look further in that verse, for he endured, listen to this, as seeing him, the Lord God, who is unseen. Let me put it this way. Moses had no fear because he knew that the invisible God, who was also the invincible God, had his back. The one whose greatness and glory and majesty and power is exceedingly above all other things, who has sovereign authority over everything, he was the one that was going to be his protector. Moses knew he was the one that was going to be his provider. Moses knew he was the one who was going to perform, that is, show himself mighty on his behalf in anything that Pharaoh in Egypt was going to seek to do. And of course, we know that's exactly what happened because God parted the Red Sea and did miraculous things all the way as he was leading them to the promised land. 
You see, Moses did not look with human eyes. He looked with heavenly eyes. That is, he looked with spiritual eyes. And so when we talk about faith, faith is, it expresses itself in the spirit of conviction. It's the conviction of knowing that the unseen, the invisible, the invincible God, our Lord, will never leave us, will never forsake us, and he has promised that he will meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory. So we evaluate everything in that life. We evaluate not only the impact of the coronavirus, if it's impacting your life, and it is touching all of us in some way, or any other challenge in life that we face. It could be the relationships we have in life. It could be the decisions we have about our future. There's so many areas, but every facet, those who live by faith, not only live by the spirit of confidence in God's unfailing promises, but they live by the spirit of conviction that they are to look at everything through spiritual eyes and then live their life accordingly. So I hope that this word, this reminder is going to be an encouragement to you, not just today, but in the days and the weeks ahead, we don't know how long this challenge is going to last, but I can guarantee you this, there'll be another challenge after that. And the instruction of the Lord is still the same. The righteous shall live by faith. Join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. So Father God, you are the invisible and the invincible most high God but you're also our eternal God and our Abba Father. We have this incredible relationship with you. And so, Lord God, I ask you to help us all to be light to all that are around us, that we'll let that light shine, that, Lord, we'll put our faith on display, that we will continually, Lord, be confident in your unfailing promises, that, Lord, by conviction, we will look at everything. We'll evaluate every facet of our life on the basis of our relationship with you, the conviction that you are the invisible, invincible God who loves us enough to send your Son to die on the cross for us so that we can have an eternal relationship with you. And so I lift up to you everyone that's been a part of our time together in your word and in this time of worship. And I ask for your hand of favor on them. Help them, Lord, to know your promises, embrace your promises, and evaluate everything through your word. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, glad that you were able to join us online today. I want to remind you that tonight at 6 o'clock, we're back with our study of Defined. It'll be live online from the sanctuary. Come and join us again tonight. Till then, may God's blessings be with you.